Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? You are listening to the Brad and John Show. I'm Brad Hildebrand. He is John Combest. You can check out the show at bjshow.com or, uh, excuse me, I made my own mistake there, bjshow.co. <laughs> you can check out the radio station at Egbert, E-G-G-B-O-R-T, Egbert.com. John, boy, you gave me all sorts of good stuff this morning. Okay. Oh, yeah. Recap, That's what I do, Brad. Recap the marijuana story. Sure. In, in Missouri, in order to sell marijuana, you've got to have a license. The state of Missouri has to approve what you're doing. And as we all know, the government is only there to protect you, Brad, and not just take a piece of your commercial sales. (laughs) So in Missouri, the workaround for folks who grow marijuana on their own is to go to, in this case in House Springs, a Knights of Columbus Hall, invite everybody to come in, peddle their marijuana away from the prying eyes of state regulators. So there's no testing of the material. There's no, the example that I give Brad is that when I read stories like this and neither you nor I are marijuana guys, it's like growing up watching baseball. I hated the Cubs. I hated the Mets. When I turn on WGN and I'd see the Cubs playing the Mets, I was just wishing there was a way that both teams could lose. And when I read stories like this, I think, man, is there possibly a way that government intervention and a bunch of pot peddlers can lose in this situation? Well, now, now, okay, you say now you said when you did this at the top three, top of the hour, mm-hmm. you said there's a sign when you go into this, was it VFW Hall, or American Legion Hall? Yeah, Knights of Columbus Knights Hall. Knights of Columbus Hall, KFC Hall. Okay, when you go into that, that hall, there's a sign that says no THC, but that essentially is not true, correct? That's the, it's the wink, wink. It's the, hey, guys, there better not be any monkey business going on in here. (laughs) And so, you know, so now in their defense, the folks that are putting this thing together say, hey, we have a sign up. You know, we we tell people they can't be doing it. So come on, guys. So you can go in and buy marijuana. And essentially what you're doing is because these guys are essentially, I guess, operating illegally because they don't have a retail license, all that kind of good stuff. They're not collecting any tax at all, correct? Absolutely not. It's it's just cash that goes in their pocket. Or because they're not bound by state laws about you know electronic sales of cannabis or whatever, they could take your Venmo. You could pay with Venmo, and while you're there, you can buy you know whatever paraphernalia you need to smoke the stuff. And the state, of course, <clears throat> now it's going to be the state's responsibility to come in and say, hey, this stuff is you know. We don't test the stuff. You don't know where the stuff is coming from. So it's essentially your neighborhood pot dealer can undercut the price of whatever is happening at the dispensary on the corner. Well, now, I'm going to ask you a question. You're not an attorney, mm-hmm. neither or, neither am I. But if they were going to bust them, who would do that? Would the local police come in and, and arrest them? Or would the so, state, and state now, highway this is, patrol? This is the crux of the whole situation, Brad. The local law enforcement says, look, we do not have the resources to go to every night to Columbus Hall or swap meet 
and start cracking down on these guys because not only not only do we not have the manpower to go after somebody selling a dime bag of weed, we don't have the ability like our local prosecutors don't have the chance. Now, and by the way, so go back, Brad. We'll go back to your law of unintended consequences here. What happens when you say, um, "Hey, guys, in order to buy weed, you got to have a license," of, and you say, "But." If you have, if you're just caught with a little bit of marijuana, we're not going to really care. Then, of course, you're going to have people that that flout the rules. Well, I, I, I guess I don't know. The, to me, this opens up a whole big issue that, like you say, the, the local police departments. I think they're probably in. Not they're saying they don't have the manpower, but I think they're also behind the scenes saying, "Okay, this puts us in a gray area." You know what I mean? Because, yeah, of because, course. You know, because they if they've essentially if the state statutes have essentially legalized marijuana sales, you know, they are selling marijuana. They're not doing it according to what the state says you have to have with a license and things like that. I don't know the whole. The Brad, you, and, and sorry to interrupt, but the, but the exact quote from Jefferson County Sheriff, it said Dave Marshak, who's by the way a, a, a strict law and order guy, uh, universally loved. I would say he says we were sold on the idea that there'd be controls in place with recreational legalization, so the state health department needs to play a bigger role. Essentially, you guys get your you know what in here and do something about this. Right, right, exactly. But that's what yep. I said about who's the the who's the authority that's going to go in and stop that? Because well, and here's what we're going to have, Brad. <clears throat> via your law of unintended consequences, somebody in the state legislature is going to throw a flag on this somewhere in the state and say, look, DHSS, Department of Health and Senior Services, why are you not regulating this? The head of the agency is going to say, well, because you guys don't give us enough money. You guys need to fund us X million dollars more every year to, to go after these folks. And then so it's going to come out of state revenue. Well, the other and, and and this is this goes to show you I've done my homework when it comes to the state uh, state laws and things like that. The big problem, and I'm going to throw this out, and you're either going to say you don't know what you're talking about, Brad, or you're going to say Brad, that's brilliant. <laughs> One of the two. This is going to this is not going to be any any in between thing. The big problem here is that this was a constitutional amendment, so it's in the Constitution. If this were a law, the lawmakers could go back in in the next and session change and right. change it's it. It's not statutory. It's constitutional. Right. So in other words, in other words, they could change the law or modify it or whatever and put, you know, some kind of situation is that if you're an unlicensed marijuana salesperson, you're guilty of blah, 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 blah. But since it's a constitutional amendment, they can't do anything about yeah. it, right? And, and that's, once again, that's the problem with constitutional amendments. Now, Brad, who are you rooting for in this situation, or for, or are you rooting for neither side? Ah, you know what? I, you know, at heart, I'm a libertarian. <laughs> you know, I mean, at heart, I'm a libertarian, and to me, I'd say like, hey, sell anything you want. You know, you want to sell heroin, yeah. you want to sell cocaine. You know, I mean, and to me, it would be just blow it wide open. And if the, you know, you open up a cocaine store, the only law yep. is that when you show up for your cocaine, you have to sign, you know, a a, a document Disclaimer that, that says that, I, that, I give up all my rights. Right. I understand that I could die from this. I understand that I could be addicted to this and could, you know, end my life, you know, much more quickly than natural, that I could end up in a dependency center. I could end up in the hospital and I'm not going to have the government pay for any of that. So in other words, if, if, yeah. you, if you, it's if, like the idea of not having to wear a motorcycle helmet, right. you're, just, you're, it, you're it, saying, Hey, I'm taking responsibility. Is here's it. how I think here's, here's a prediction for 2024, Brad. Here's unfortunately what's going to happen. Somebody's going to go to the Knights of Columbus and House Springs and buy marijuana and it's going to have a little bit of fentanyl in it and they're going to die 
And then there's going to be front page headlines of why is Missouri letting fentanyl lace marijuana be peddled right under their nose? We were promised that marijuana would be tested, blah, blah, blah. Why is why are state leaders failing us? Well, <laughs> it's because because of the fact that the state leader, leaders really didn't have anything to do with it. It was a constitutional amendment. You're right? ex- Brad, you're right. But again, like that takes 12 seconds to tell that story. Right. Like that's you, you don't you can't get that in a post dispatch headline. Of eight words. <laughs> right. In other words, in other words, the lawmakers on this in this case are standing there going like, hey, man, not our problem. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, they had nothing to do with it. Because but it's, so I don't think anybody thinks that this is going to end well. However, if you're the guy and I overheard a conversation somewhat about this uh, like a year ago at the gym, uh, ironically, two weed enthusiasts were, were working out nearby me. But there's a lot of guys that are, home, quote, homegrown guys that just know that nobody like nobody's going to crack down on them. The state doesn't have the state and local authorities don't have don't have the means to do it. And in an era where like, oh, you were busted for weed. How much was it? Nah, OK, no big deal. Well, come on, man. Part of the state constitutional amendment, you know, that made a marijuana legal was they're expunging all the records. Yeah. So what? what so, there, so there really is no consequence. I mean, unless you were unless you were moving a huge amount of product, then there's. But I, but I'm telling you, Brad, this this is not going to end well. Well, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm Mister Holier Than Thou, but I am blessed, and I say that with a capital B. I'm blessed with the fact that I don't drink hardly at all. Mm-hmm. I rarely drink. I've never been into drugs, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, as far as, you know, and I'm not into prostitutes and stuff like that, you know, I mean, like, I'm not Hunter Biden, essentially, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> you know, I'm not into cocaine, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. And yeah. to a certain point, I mean, in my industry, I mean, I, I will tell the story, in my industry, it hindered my promotional uh, my promotional ability. In other words, it hindered me getting jobs in this industry because Almost everybody in this business, when I first got into it back in 1973, was smoking dope and mm-hmm. snorting cocaine. I mean, yep. I mean, I'm telling you, practically everybody. But I'm, also look at the self destruction. You've told you've told the story before. Oh my god! On your old station about pig vomit. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure you told the pig vomit story. Oh yeah, on the yeah, air. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. look at the people who have completely destroyed themselves. Because if you don't of these know choices. who pig vomit is if you've watched if you you know who pig vomit is if you've watched the howard stern movie private parts pig vomit was his boss at wnbc the ironic part of that is that that was my boss right before (laughs) he went to wnbc kevin matheny he was my boss he left kslq to go to wnbc and at the time stern was doing afternoons and pig vomit was always stoned always stoned. I mean, he was a cocaine freak and to the point where he died. It's actually a very sad story. You know, he, I guess it's been six or seven or eight years ago. Um, and the crazy part of it was he was horrible to work for. I mean, and if you were a woman back in the day, this is before the, you know, the, the, you know, me too movement. Yeah. Oh my God. He was go in and, you know, he called women the B word and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he called them the FB word, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, people mm-hmm. at the station, you know, I mean, and just go ranting and raving and walk in offices and, and throw people's stuff on their on desk on the floor and just, just a maniac kind of guy. And he kept getting promoted in the radio business. At one point in time, I think he ran VH1, you know, and ultimately, wow. uh, ultimately became the program director of one of the big stations in Chicago, uh, I believe what was, um, um, 
the, the, it was the time it was the big talk station. Some people say he ruined it. And his, his final job, he was the program director um, at uh, two of the big San Francisco's talk stations, K, uh, K, or K, KSA, was it KFOG and KFSO, I think, were the two, uh, the two uh, talk stations out there. And he was on the phone with the owner of the company. The owner of the company was in New York, and Kevin Matheny was on the phone at his desk in San Francisco in the offices there of the radio station, and they were discussing some business issues. And Kevin says, hold on a minute. And, and this guy's name was Lou Dickey, the, who was the, the president of the company. You know, all of a sudden, Kevin's not talking anymore. And this goes on for a couple of minutes, and, but Lou can hear that the phone line didn't, didn't break you know it didn't hang up that that kevin was still you know that the phone was still active and he didn't hear anything so lou picks up his other phone on his desk dials the main number for the radio station and says hey i, I this is you know, lou dickey i was talking with uh, kevin and all of a sudden he said hold on a minute uh, and he's not talking anymore they go back he's dead he literally yeah. had a heart attack at his desk, and they walk into his office, and he's hunched over the desk. He, you know, bang, he was gone. They tried to resuscitate him. He was gone. Yeah, and, young guy, too, right? Well, he was 59, I think, at the time. 15, okay, okay. I thought he was younger than that. No, but once again, I mean, what does cocaine do to you? It does all sorts. I sound like your mom. Hey, now, don't you be taking that cocaine. But it's it, true. I mean, your heart it, is a muscle. Right, like your heart is exactly. not supposed to go through that type of stress. Right, and that's mm-hmm. the whole crazy weird stuff. <laughs> But so that's I mean, but that's where we are. And that's and so good luck to the state of Missouri. And and also, too, you know, it puts um, you see the cannabis industry being undercut. And if you bought into the system. Oop, John dropped up for a minute. You there? You there, John? Uh, oh, you back? Brad, I'm here. Yeah, you, you dropped out. I'm for here, a Brad. Can yeah, you hear me? Yeah, you dropped out for a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But if you're if you're a cannabis investor and you invested and you live anywhere in the United States and you invested in a Missouri cannabis shop, you think, why in the heck isn't the state protecting my investment? Well, Get out there and crack some skulls. See, the interesting thing about it is if you've seen what's happened in California, they have the same situation, legalized recreational marijuana. The They thought it would kill the illegal business. It's it's done everything but, once again, the law of unintended consequences. The illegal business has flourished yeah. because essentially they're saying, hey, man, we'll give you the same stuff. We'll give you better for cheaper, and there's no taxes. You know, so. Yep. yep. You know, By the way, I've always loved your marijuana voice, Brad. Like your hey man, it's always good. It's always it's a little bit of it's a little bit of Cheech and Chong. I work, it's a little bit of hey, I just rolled off the sofa at noon. You know, there is a guy <laughs> rolled off the sofa at noon. <laughs> there is a guy, and I won't mention his name because he still lives here in the St. Louis area. I worked with him for I don't know two three years. He never came to work not stoned. I mean, <laughs> n- and and to the point where I. You know, I don't even know what the guy's real personality was. I just know him as, you know, it's sort of like the Cheech and Chong thing. Hey, man. Hey. hey. Yeah. Well, got to go to work. I don't know if I can work more than an hour. I you know, got to take yeah. a break, you know. And what's interesting about it is all of us, you know, especially you in high school, you probably knew who the stoners were, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> and they all had that sort of like... Uh, that whoa, man. Yeah, and they all had that, like, hey, uh, life's too fast, slow it down. You know what yep. I mean? I mean, it's to the point where it's like, it's like, okay, fine, that's wonderful. 
and and once again, me being the the libertarian kind of guy, I'm going like, okay, blow it out, you know, let yeah, it. Yeah, good know, for them, right? Yep. You know, okay, whatever you want to do. But by the same token, being the libertarian, you know, that, that if I'm a company owner and I've got guys coming to work stoned, I go, you know what? Did you just smoke marijuana? Yeah. Okay, you're fired. Yeah, go home. Right, yeah. go home. You don't work here anymore. And once again, that's the libertarian kind of thing is that he can't go apply for unemployment. You know, I mean, or you know what I mean? That's just a point. Yeah, like, you know, the the beautiful thing with, back in the old Monsanto days, right when California legalized marijuana, every time we got a, a company communication about, you know, HR or uh, – or drug testing or anything like that, it would have for all employees, and then it would say, and there would always be a California disclaimer. Right. California employees, please note that the section on drug use does not apply to you. Which is crazy. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's insanity. And meanwhile, in St. Louis, we had a bunch of, of, can I call them little old ladies? I think I can. That were longtime secretaries for, you know, 30, 40 years, rebranded as administrative assistants who couldn't smoke on campus. So they would get in their car and they would drive around the Monsanto campus, hot boxing, just smoking in the car, you know, in the rain, snow, sleet, whatever. So they, they, they had their, they had their smoking area on the edge of campus, you know, eliminated. But if you're in California, just toke up, man. Well, hold on. Were they, were they smoking cigarettes? Were they smoking marijuana? They were smoking cigarettes. Okay. Okay. As far as I know. Well, based on the, the, the smell that wafted in when hey, they came in, it was just cigarettes at, at Mercy hospital in Washington. Okay. And once again, same thing. They, they declared, uh, Mercy's declared all their campuses tobacco free. Okay. Right on the corner of Highway 47, I think it's 3rd Street or something like that, there was a spot where you'd drive by, even in the winter, and there'd be a bunch of huddled people there smoking. Matter of fact, yeah. when, when I go down, this is interesting, when I go down to Jefferson City, you used to have the same thing when you walk into the, you've been in the Truman Building, correct, right? Yeah, yeah of okay. course, yep. You walk into the Truman Building, if you don't, those of you don't know who the Truman Building is, that the Truman Building is like almost all the agencies in the Truman Building, Department yep. of Revenue, all there, and you, it's a really sort of interesting building. It's you walk in and it's built on a hill. So you walk in on the Capitol building side of, of the building and you're actually on the third floor, right? It's, it's, it's sort of crazy like that. Yeah, I think so. But you used to walk, you used to walk through the gauntlet of smokers. And now I think there's a sign that says no smoking within a hundred feet of the door or something like that. Yeah. I'm going like, this is crazy. Okay. Well, there's nicotine sensitivity. It's just like peanut sensitivity, Brad. So be a little <laughs> bit more tolerant. All right. We have to take a break. It's 741. This is the Brad and John show. BJ.show is our web address. And you can check out Egbert.com. E-G-G-B-O-R-T. That's the radio station we're on. It is 741.